Welcome back to another episode of the Control Your Experience podcast. We're up to episode five now, keeping it rolling. I'm grateful to be back here again. And again, once again, my name is Alan Epps, the namesake. Uh, that happened this past week, uh, starting off with, well, you know, today's Sunday, so I had to watch my Cowboys take an L. Uh, not so much take an L as like give themselves an L. I don't know what is going on with that squad. I'm seeing a lot of good things out of my rookies. Uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, Trevon Diggs, but and uh, shout out to Adam Smith, you know, making a name for himself, coming back from from you know his adversity off the field and and just out there putting together a three sack game. But we lost, and I mean, on the one hand, there's no shame. It's Russell Wilson, it's the Seahawks, DK. That boy is nasty. But at the on the other hand, it's like we definitely should have won that game. Just like last game, we should not have been in that position to be have an amount of historic comeback on the Falcons and evidently it happened to him again squandered another lead today but whatever I I don't like sloppy football even as entertaining as it was today I, I just would rather just outright get beat than to beat ourselves but the NFC East seems to be going through struggles as a whole so hopefully we get past the injury bug and move on with it uh, also in football news we lost the immortal Gale Sayers, also known as the Kansas Comet, legendary running back. Um, I looked him up. You know, he was uh, in his 70s, and it seems like the last few years he had been living with dementia, which anybody who's been around a loved one battling a degenerative uh, mental condition knows that it's not really living at all. So I'm glad that his pain, you know, his struggles are over and he's made his transition. But anybody who loves football, um, is familiar with, with, with Gail, Gail uh, Sayers' I won't say resume, but just, just the things he did at a time where, like, you know, they were still playing. They were just past the leather helmet stage. So you had to be a man back then to do what he did. Revolutionized uh, the position, really. Um, and also, my my thoughts and prayers are with Tyrod Taylor. Um, I've been a fan of Tyrod for no other reason than just he coming out of Virginia Tech, he was kind of heralded to be the next Vic. Um, and he didn't get his respect coming out of Virginia. I think Virginia Tech some, took some high-profile postseason losses. But, I mean, Tyrod was this Vic, but with a better passing uh, background. Like, he he would stand in the pocket. He would make reads. He would make throws. He wasn't quite as fast as Vic, but he was just as mobile. Um, but he was always looking to create plays with his arms. And I just felt like he never really got a fair shake at the next level. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the whole black quarterback, black mobile quarterback thing. But... Beyond that, it's just like he just would be cursed with bad luck. It would be injuries. It would be his time to take over. I think he was with the Ravens was when I thought he would actually get a shot to take over. And then he got traded, got hurt, whatever. And obviously, we have Lamar Jackson now. But he finally got the starting job unambiguously. Like, the Chargers were his team. Not necessarily saying he couldn't lose the starting job. They did have a, a, a rookie quarterback that they have. But he was not under threat from this rookie. And he took he took a nasty shot, I think, week one to his ribs. Was going to play with cracked ribs, just like the warrior he is. And the team doctor somehow punctured his lung with what I assume to be some kind of cortisone injection. You know, I'm not any sort of doctor or anything like that. But some sort of pain-killing inje- injection into his ribs, but somehow went all the way through his ribs. Punched a hole in his lung. And, I mean, never mind the fact that he's going to be out indefinitely with this hole in his lung. Who knows how that's going to heal. But, I mean, that was life-threatening. Um, so, that sucks, man. I'm, I'm glad he's still here. Um, I hope he's able to play again and at the level that we know he can play because no compensation, no no settlement. I don't even know if he can sue the, the team because I'm sure there's something in the uh, collective bargaining agreement or some bullshit where if you accept their medical services, you can't hold them. Like, I don't know. Who knows? We know one thing the NFL knows how to do is to try and indemnify themselves. But beyond all that, I, I hope he's all right, and I hope he's able to play again um, and able to start because the rookie, to his credit, is coming in. He's playing pretty well, but I want to see Tyrod make it. Um, yeah, but off football. So Mitch McConnell is at it again, <laughs> and um, obviously in the wake of the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg that we touched on last week, um, we've been waiting for Trump to announce his um, nominee for the vacant seat, which he has done, and I'll get to later. But Mitch McConnell, in his typical tap-dancing form, has managed to try to, I guess, clean a nuance on why he is now 
doubling down on his hypocrisy from the the vote that he had when Obama was going out in his lame duck term about not um, validating his selection for the Supreme Court. And his argument back in 2016 was that um, never before have we, the Senate, or we have to go back 100-something years for the Senate to, to find a case where the Senate approved a Supreme Court nominee for a lame duck president when that president's party did not own the Senate, meaning they didn't have the majority. Because and he's like, the spirit and intent of the of the Constitution that the people uh, elect the president that they want to put the justice in there uh, and yada 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 and it was bullshit then because at the end of the day even though he's the lame duck president President Barack Obama was the president that the people elected and there's so many reasons why you'd have to go back and, and cite a hundred year um, gap of why this never happened just for the simple fact of the nature of the job. Presidents are served four-year terms. So for you to even have this situation come up, you would need a lame duck president, meaning the last term of their outgoing um, year. Uh, I mean, the last year of their outgoing term. You would need a Supreme Court justice seat to become vacant, meaning that was a lifetime appointment. So unless somebody got impeached or found, you know, criminal or something, they died. So you would need all these stars to line up. The outgoing president... In the year of his outgoing, the Supreme Court justice dies, number one, for that to even happen. So that, who knows how long, how often that's happened. Then number two, he went into, well, the Senate didn't own it, the or his party didn't own the Senate, so the people should have a chance to put the Senate and president that they want before they fill that seat. That was the bullshit that he was on last time. And as you know, because the Republicans own the Senate, uh, President Obama's uh, nominee for the Supreme Court did not get filled so now of course you're expecting okay Mitch you went to war uh, 2016 for it what are you going to say now and in typical fashion he's saying well in this case the outgoing president this, his party does own the senate and we need to go ahead and move forward with with this election and, and vote in a, a, a Supreme Court because that's what the people voted for so I mean it's blatant hypocrisy number one and it's crazy you know Mick, Mitch McConnell it's terrible when the president is actually making more sense to you because Trump's reasoning, well, yeah, we need to push a, a justice through before the tiebreaker. That's, that makes sense because there are nine justices. Um, and right now there's only eight. So if there's something critical, especially what's soon to be the hotly contested voting, um, situation with the mail-in ballots and what's, what's going to be allowed, what's not, you you need a decisive vote because there's a very good chance. We're not going to know who the president is come November 4th or even or a month or two after that. So it stands to reason there may come something that the Supreme Court may need to rule on, and you want you don't want to be locked again with a 4-4 dead heat. So, yes, that makes sense in that sense that a tiebreaker needs to happen. However, I really don't give a shit because the only reason that the election thing is being called into question in the first damn place is the president. Um... Why in 2020 we don't have the means to vote from our freaking phone? I, I can get car insurance from my phone. I can get my confidential medical records on my phone, encryption, this, that, and the third, uh, call Ubers, whatever it may be, but we can't vote from the phone. What part of me feels, well, that's cool. Uh, a few of you know I served um, active duty the Air Force. I was a uh, nuclear missile launch officer. So if you've ever seen Terminator, those missiles that come straight up out the ground, that was my job. I literally had my hands with along with other crew members on the keys if we ever got the uh the order to launch those missiles. And you know, Terminator makes it, you know, they say Skynet becomes self-aware and then the computer system takes over all the missiles and launches them all creates judgment day. That can't happen for the simple fact that the systems operate on early 1980s technology. There's nothing to hack. Okay, I don't know if you guys remember why they call it a floppy disk. You used to have these three and a half inch floppies for you uh, young kids. That save icon is actually a disk. We used to have physically have to put disks in computers to save things onto them. Um, and even before those three and a half inches, you used to have big old, literally floppy disks. The, the, the capsules still run on those. So what are you going to hack? All right. There, there's more computer power in this phone than all of the computers at any one of the missile bases. They run these... Uh, to run the missiles so it seems primitive but uh, you're talking about billions of dollars to update this technology but at the same time it's like there's security in that because you can't have you physically have to go and manipulate 
these systems. You have to have the code. You have to physically expose yourself to try and compromise them. So there's security in it. So I get that from the standpoint where why we can't digitize the vote totally because we see people hacking phones all the time, you know, getting personal information. But at the same time, how long are we going to put up with this? Um, that there's got to be some kind of middle ground. There's got to be some kind of secure encryption. There's some way to get this done. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the shit show that we're going to... Either way, I, I don't see the Democrats or anybody having any legal basis or anything to stop or, or delay a chief justice being uh, approved prior to not just election day, but inauguration day. I think the only real technique that they uh, like hope that they have is that they can jam this up until the election. And if the election appears, because again, we're not going to know the actual winner of the, um, of the election for best case scenario weeks, a couple weeks after election day. And that's being optimistic with all the mail-in ballots and everything like that. But the only way that I can see that the Democrats might be able to delay uh, and stop, ultimately stop a Trump choice for uh, chief justice is that if come election day, the Senate hasn't voted on the, the chief justice and at election day, it appears at least not final, but it appears that Joe Biden has had an overwhelming landslide victory over Donald Trump because then somebody could go before the Senate and say, well, Mr. McConnell, the, the American people have spoken. There is a vote. And while it's not final, it appears overwhelmingly that the people have decided they don't, they don't want any more Donald Trump's policies. They don't want any more of, uh, of this and the third. So if you are going to stand by your reasoning, then this vote should not be uh, for this chief justice should not go forward until the election results are, are finalized. But that will require a lot, i.e., Joe Biden uh, getting a landslide, or at least what appeared to be a landslide showing, um, which I'll talk about why I don't necessarily, I'm skeptical if that can or will happen. And then two, Mitch McConnell actually having ethics and not trying to double, triple down on his hypocrisy. Neither of which I think are likely. But that's where we're at with this right now. And as such, uh, I want to say yesterday or the day before, Trump announced that Amy Justice... Amy, uh, or Judge, oh, she's not Justice yet. So Judge Amy Comey, uh, Coney Barrett is his choice for nomination for the vacancy left by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, I'm not going to get too much into her. I mean, she's a typical Republican judge. You know, um, she's at least qualified. Like, she is a lawyer. She served as a judge before, you know, in the lower courts and everything like that. So um, just bare minimum resume requirement, she has it. But... She has been outspoken, uh, you know, just basically anti any progressive policies from abortion to uh, or not even pro, uh, pro choice and women, women's health, which is even more disgusting that she's a woman. And it without getting too into it, because I think a lot of people are attacking her for this, that she's super Catholic. So it's all fun and games when, you know, the, the Constitution says separation of church and state. But then we allow these so-called conservative uh, politicians and justices to legislate from their, from their Bible. Uh, so that's obviously a huge issue uh, that somebody like that or anybody else that he picks for that matter would be taking that seat. Um, so there's a lot of hope and a prayer for the, I guess, liberal side of trying to stop the, the court from being slanted. And then of course, if she's in there, that's just on the actual issues, healthcare and all, all that other stuff. The, the perception is that Trump is stacking the vote. So if the vote does become a contested thing and the Supreme Court has to make a ruling that will decide the president, he stacked the court. So more to follow on that. Um, like I said, the only way I even see this not going through is if Biden has a, a great showing and Mitch McConnell isn't a, a slippery worm. But yeah, don't think that's going to happen. Um, moving on. So all of us by now have heard that the killers of Breonna Taylor are not facing charges for her murder because that's what it was. I don't, I don't give a shit. She was murdered. Um, one of the pol um, police officers, the one that was fired, is actually facing charges, but not for any of the bullets that he or his uh, colleagues put into Breonna, but for the bullets that went into the neighboring apartments. 
and he got charged with which is with something that is a class D felony and the classes vary from state to state but um yeah a class D felony for what was it wanton endangerment or something like that where for the bullets that went into the neighboring homes and the maximum punishment is five years for each count and up to ten thousand dollars for each count and that's still a long shot i mean he got charged but that's still a long shot that he gets found guilty for that but nothing relating to the injury or the death of brianna taylor and of course i I don't want to say we expected it but i mean at this stage and if you've been paying attention i don't know how you couldn't have expected you could have hoped and there's a mosquito in here and he I'm going to have to kill him. If y'all hear a clap, it's because this big-ass bug just flew away. He's flying slow, too, so he probably bit my ass already. Um, yeah. It's just... You get numb. at the end, But at the same time, it's like... How? How? And then you go to look at all the players that are involved as to why this was almost inevitable. First and foremost, the law itself. Like, the, like never mind the people involved. The law itself... That, Qualified immunity just gives police officers a blank check. And the worst that they have to fear is getting fired. But even then, getting fired as a police officer doesn't mean that another police department won't pick you up. So qualified immunity needs to be struck down. It it just is what it is. The military doesn't have qualified immunity in a war zone. You do some war crime shit, your ass is in a sling. And that's when you know people are out there trying to kill you. But civilian police have qualified immunity. It needs to go. And it's crazy to me how conservatives who, who you know, they, they defend voting for Trump and for bigots and everything like that with, at the end of the day, we're just trying to keep the country, you know, fiscally responsible. They always claim their fiscal responsibility and their uh, stringentness to the Constitution. But at what point are conservatives going to get fed up with paying the settlements for, for these uh, negligent and murderous police? And I think that's the way forward. That's the only like money is the only thing that's going to change. And again, I'm going to get into this later because y'all have thoroughly pissed me off. But luckily, we are starting to see some settlements that these small towns are not going to be able to support. They're going to have to raise their taxes. And if there's one thing that tax that conservatives don't like is raise taxes. So maybe that's the way. But that's to me, that's the slow play because appealing to their sensibilities, their humanity to see our humanity is a dead end. So we have to make it more expensive for them. But that's just the law aspect. Then you have the players in it where you have a prosecutor. All right. Who Daniel Cameron, who was clearly not of us. And when I say of us, I mean, a brown of military, military people and just the people who seek justice from the powers that be. Um, there's a lot of jokes going on, but I really don't want to joke about this shit, you know, but it, it's factual. You can't trust a black man with no facial hair. You can't trust a black man whose edge up looks like that. You can't trust a black man who has that neck situation. And, and yeah, you you knew who he was before he even opened his mouth with no lips, no top lip. You knew who he was. And then you break into the fact that he's married to a white woman, which you know, I have my brother-in-law on here later. So that in itself isn't damning, but it, it makes you want to look a little deeper. And what is not true, let's put this to bed right now. I actually wrote this down for y'all. That is not Mitch McConnell's daughter. That is not Mitch McConnell's granddaughter. Okay, Mitch McConnell's like in his 70s, and he has three daughters. And I looked this shit up, okay? He has three daughters named Eleanor, Claire, and Porter. Eleanor was born in 1972. Claire was born in 1976. And Porter was born in 1979. Okay, so that means that I'm 35, so they're in their early to uh, mid 40s. All right, that woman that he's marrying is, is, I think it's his second wife too. She's like 27, 28. Okay, so not only is she not any of his daughters, and that's not her name. Her name's like Mackenzie or some shit, but she couldn't even be his grandchild. Okay, so that is not. A, rel- a relation to him. I mean, he was just at the wedding because that's what they do. That's what, you know, the up and coming prosecutor from his district, whatever. But that don't mean that his, his priorities, I don't even want to say are out of order because that means he has them. They're different from ours. Okay. And 
I understand that you're not supposed to just go inventing charges and stuff like that. However, you are supposed to apply the law in the way that it can, any creative way that it can be. A defense attorney will pull out all the stops to defend their client. Even when they know they're guilty, they will, they will use every avenue, at least they're supposed to, within their talent, because all lawyers aren't created equal, within the law to vigorously defend their their client. And if they don't, that could be grounds of appeal for later on for the for the client because they could argue that they had insufficient counsel. Likewise, the prosecutor is the voice of the people. When they go prosecute, it's we the people, for the people. The people want justice. Whatever justice may be, they want this to be heard. So you, when a life has been lost, taken, not lost, taken, you as a prosecutor should be going in there and trying to hold someone responsible if the law will allow you to do it. And if you can do it, you do it to the best of your ability and then you leave it to the jury. That is how the system is supposed to work. Okay. But we saw this with Mike Brown and that prosecutor out there who refused to bring any sort of charges because that was his judgment. And, you know, and he immediately got the endorsement of the fraternal order or whoever the fuck's over there. You know what I mean? That he didn't even want to bother to, to try and see if this was something he could prosecute. And we haven't seen the transcripts of the grand jury. I don't know if we ever will because uh, Louisville authorities have have been, you know, remiss in in disclosing this stuff in the first place. I think they just disclosed a uh, one of the body cams that before there were no body cams, but supposedly uh, Hankinson's body cam was on, um, and you know, they there we don't have the full transcripts, but at some point, uh, and this is according to the root who is citing Vice. Um, they're saying that there's still discrepancies and the one witness who backed up the police because even though the police say that they've got a no-knock warrant, they knocked, which in my, that makes no fucking sense to me, whatever. But you went through the trouble getting a no-knock warrant just to knock. Okay, whatever. Let me, let me roll with that. Say you did it. Nobody in that apartment complex, none of the people who were home ever heard anybody announce police. They just heard gunfire, beating on the door and gunfire, except for one alleged witness who's the, who backed it up. But initially... On his report, he said they didn't because he was picking up his daughter up above uh, Brianna Taylor's apartment and heard the banging. And I guess he got into an argument with the cops like, hey, what the fuck y'all doing? And they still didn't identify themselves. But suddenly later on, he's backing up the cops. All right, whatever. Who knows what they what the, what they had on him or didn't have on him. But that's just another discrepancy in this whole thing. Again, we won't know until the transcripts, if they are ever released of what charges Daniel Cameron sought and and what the jury, uh, the grand jury came back with. But I'm willing to bet he didn't even mention them. For the simple fact there's a common phrase in legal community that you can indict a ham sandwich. Okay? That doesn't mean you can convict a ham sandwich, but you can get in the, you can get a ham sandwich in the court if you so wanted to. On less evidence than than what is there. Even the the absence of evidence could be used to do it. So I I have no doubt that he didn't even bother to try it, but we won't know until we see the documents. And that even tells me that even if he had tried it, he would have half-assed it and slow-played it and allowed, you know, giving them every softball to beat the charge. And that is why we need to start getting invested in our local elections. And not, you know, I'm guilty of this shit because here I'm, I'm spoiled in Prince George's County. If you grow up here, you think that the whole country looks like this, where black people are in no shortage and, and this and the third. And for the longest time, you know, I grew up voting Democrat because you get your politics and your religion from your parents. You may not keep it, but you initially get it from them. And, you know, at least with politicians who are running for council seats or, or, you know, mayors, whatever, they have to campaign. They have to try at least tell you who they are. They don't have to tell the truth, but they have to try to tell you who they are. But most of the time, judges don't do that shit. What happens? You open up the little pamphlet and you vote the ticket. So if you're a Democrat, you're going to vote all the Democratic judges. Well, here in, in, in PG County, most of them are Democrats. Okay, so then there's too many Democrats running for the seats. So then you vote for the people who look like you because you figure that's who you want to see over there. The black person who understands, black females who understand. But we also what we can't do is trust that because if Meek Mill's trial has proved anything, all skin folk ain't kin folk. And again, here we are to Daniel Cameron. So I'm actually just one of my my pet projects I'm, I'm nowhere near having a product together but what i intend to do and anybody listening to this if you are a lawyer or have any research in this by all means help this is 
non-profit, at least for now. I'm not looking to turn a profit, but if this gets to where I want it to, it, it can generate some money. Um, what I want to do is create a database, uh, an unbiased database of everybody who's running for any kind of legal appointment, be it a prosecutor, district attorney, a judge, circuit court, all the way up to your state Supreme Court, whatever it may be, to give people a profile of who this person is, where their politics lie, and then not only that, where their judgments lie. I want to have statistics of how often they enforce, you know, uh, maximum sentences for what types of crimes and who against what demographics, black, white, male, female, whoever, and have that up there so that people can at least have something that they can click on. And I was going to call it who mans is this because we don't know who these people are, but that's that's still my brainchild. But just so that people when they want to go for it, because those judge elections matter. And if you don't think they matter, that's one of the main reasons that people say Trump needs to get the hell out of here because he's appointed some ungodly number of judges, not just to like the Supreme Court, because, you know, there's only nine of them, but to the, the major courts across the country. And a bunch of them, I think it's like some 200 people and a bunch of them were barely lawyers. They're not qualified. OK, so, yeah, those are presidential appointments. A local election is not going to do anything there. That's where a presidential election comes in. But. A lot of your local judges and district attorneys are elected officials, which is why they can't get fired. They got to get recalled or you got to vote them out. But you won't even know who to vote for unless you're just voting for your party. And it just gets us right back into the cycle. So that's one of my brainchild. If anybody listening to this has any input on how we could get that done, my plan is basically to contact the local county clerk to find out what the deadline is for anybody who wants to run for those judicial offices is. And then that way I'll get a list of their names and then I'll just... um, go on the internet and you know public records requests to find out major cases that they've worked and try to create a profile from them and eventually if I can get their attention maybe get their campaign manager to make a statement and I'll find it this is their statement I'm not endorsing them or whatever and then the goal is to if I can get PG County to do it and, and it proves worthwhile maybe I can get a grant to make it statewide and then to grow it out and because I, I think that's something vital not only for every any voter, but especially the black vote. If we are going to weaponize the black vote, it's not only just withholding it from dem- Democrats, but it's using it properly. Uh, so yeah, more to follow on that. Hopefully um, I'm, I'm still in the infancy of that concept of what I want to do with that. And I welcome any and all help and input for that. But at the end of the day, you know, we, this was nothing that wasn't expected. And there needs to be consequences for this shit. Not only for the snatching of her life, but the, for the people who supported it. I got into an argument with this uh, girl on my Facebook who will remain nameless, who you would think, I mean, she checks the measurables. She's a member of a Divine Nine sorority. Um, she's a cop, uh, a campus police, but a police officer no less. And then she became a lawyer. So she immediately, like, she passed, uh, she graduated with a Juris Doctor, and I believe she passed the, the bar exam in her state. Uh, so immediately right off of that, she knows more than 90% of cops because she knows the law. So you would think that this woman who is still of the culture, who, 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 you know, or at least appears to be of the culture would have something to say about this. But this is where these type of coons come from. The people who, the, there's the coons who just like, you know, there's the self hate and everything, but then there's the ones who think they're righteous and they're either contrarian for the sake of being contrarian because they don't want to be considered like those other Negroes over there or because they think that because they have such a a knowledge of the written law and how they move that they're immune from it so they can wag their fingers at everybody else when they don't realize that you're but a traffic stop away from going through this yourself no matter how well you speak no matter the badge you have or your law degree because there are plenty of stories online of black cops getting beat to hell by other cops so that false security doesn't get you anywhere. But she has consistent hot trash takes on police brutality. And that's just really a, a result of the blue line and everything like that. Um, but beyond that, I asked her, I'm like, if you don't think, yes or no, she said that a crime was not committed um, with the murder of Breonna Taylor. And I'm like, maybe as the law is specifically, there is not emphatically stated in the law, but you're not telling me that you can't apply one of these statutes to this law. Or are you telling me that there are no checks and balances for the police? She wouldn't answer the question. And then she's like, and if, I'm like, that's your case. You don't think that needs to change. Well, yeah, well, that's how we affect change, not rioting and this and the third. I'm like, no, because just like you said, if officers, if people don't want to get brutalized, they should comply. If officers don't want to 
deal with riots and to quote that that other cop who released an email right before the uh the grand jury ruling was given about trying to pep talk everybody talking about, I'm sorry you have to deal with these thugs throwing things at you I'm like he took no accountability for it. it's you 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 started this whole situation where even if these people were thugs they wouldn't be in the street doing this had you not murdered someone okay and it just goes to show the mindset of police that oh anybody who who disagrees with you or whatever is a thug never mind the fact you forget to your public servants we wouldn't be here if you were if you were doing your job correctly and even when things happen if you were holding each other accountable that's why people are in the streets tearing shit up and he just sent that deplorable ass message out like it just goes to show that nothing this is not an issue of training okay this is an issue of institutionalized racism institutionalized violence sanctioned violence against black and brown bodies and somehow becoming blue changes a lot of people and i say somehow because i've been a member of a uniform service where you're judged by your your lowest common denominator you know what i mean um, I always bring up the Abu Ghraib um, prison scandal where like when the enemy saw that terrorist attacks increased roadside bombs attacks increased you know what I mean like so the actions of those idiots in that prison for those photo ops got troops killed that might not have been killed otherwise so I know what that's like because everybody looks at it's just like happened in Vietnam before my time but everybody was getting called baby killer this and all that for the actions of some idiots but the difference is the military has a uniform code of military justice they hold each other accountable not perfectly by any means but at least it's there what do police have internal affairs oh we investigated ourselves and we found ourselves not liable so until that happens you know I don't want to see it because it puts my people at risk but it needs to happen like we need to make this more expensive not just in the settlements but tear shit up make them pay for this shit make them pay the higher insurance premiums make them raise the taxes of the people who are telling us that we should have complied that are telling us that Oh, well, we deserved it because we shoplifted 10 years ago. That's that's the only way any of this is going to change. Um, but yeah, if I could meet that officer, Madeline, I'd glass his ass because that was just beyond. How are you going to get your fellow, if you really cared about your fellow officers, you wouldn't do things that could put your friends in, in danger because the public is outraged. But you shift the blame to the very public you outrage. Yeah. He needs his ass beat. That's just an understatement. Um, go, moving on to Joe Biden. So I saw a report today. and You know, up until the Republican National Convention, I was convinced that Trump was going to get a second term. The only thing that kind of made me waver about that was Corona. Because at first, and honestly, Trump is just an idiot. I mean, that goes without saying, but... He's an idiot because he could have still done as bad as he has done with Corona and spun it. You know what I mean? That that he he did things and, and, and just followed the playbook that was already there. Plagiarized, like his wife plagiarized Michelle Obama, took the playbook from Barack Obama. And even if he had to give credit to Obama, to these Obama policies, guess what? He's the face. He's the one who did it. So, yay, he saved us from coronavirus. So coronavirus really should have been a major reelect me thing, just like how 9-11 was a major reelect me thing for George Bush. But he couldn't even do that right. And then I think it's starting to slightly dawn on him how possibly he might lose this time just because he's getting desperate. He's making $500 billion promises to the black communities and, and finally declared the KKK a hate group, but in the same breath, Antifa a hate group. And again, I don't, sanction or whatever Antifa because honestly I don't know who they are I really did it's just a bunch of white people looking for a reason to break shit up but at the same time if they're going to make this shit more expensive whatever do you but the fact of the matter is Antifa has only been on the tongue of Americans for what maybe a year now two and they made the terror watch list meanwhile the clan has been clanning since reconstruction and they even had tiki torches, you know, during Trump and, and very fine people. And only now when, when you think you're you're desperate and you're about to lose this election. Now they're on the terror list, but you got Antifa there immediately. Whatever, man. And this so-called five hundred billion dollars. You know, this man to told us that he was going to build a wall and then Mexico was going to fix it. So the money ain't there yet. So I don't I don't that don't mean shit to me. And even if it does come, who knows what kind of 
bureaucratic red tape is going to be attached to, oh, we put it in the community, but it's not really coming to black hands. It's, it's coming to developers who are going to further gentrify black communities. Because gentrifiers have AIDS. They're called black real estate agents. And it's hard to hold them at fault because on the one hand, you want to see them make it. But on the other hand, real estate's a dirty game just like anything else. There's like a story in Philly where like these black developers gave this black family money and they gave them a, a okay, what it seemed like an okay settlement because those people had never seen that kind of money before. But it was like a tenth of the value. Now, on the one hand, the old couple didn't know the value of the house. So that's kind of on you to know the value of what you have. But on the other hand, those real estate agents knew. And while legally and most likely ethically, they didn't have any obligation to tell them. Morally, if you are if you are calling yourself a black entrepreneur for the betterment of black people, what part of the game is that robbing your own? And that can be applied to anything. That, real estate, uh, the music business with Kanye arguing for his master's back, but the whole time he put good music in the same kind of predatory deals that he was in. But that's a whole other rabbit hole I'm going down. At the end of the day, I was bringing this up just because I didn't think Trump had any chance of losing it until right before the RNC. And then when he was on the RNC, that was the most tame and dull. I'm not that he's a riveting and I'm just waiting to hear anything of substance for him, but energy wise, he was just like, he just looked drained. Like he's at his wits end about the shit. And then, you know, never mind the fact that I don't know if there was like some kind of coon seminar where all the Republicans and bootleggers got together and say anything that somebody pro conservative says when you're telling the story again. So like, let's say Trump makes a speech or it gets into a debate they come on YouTube or whatever the next day and say such and such owned the libs, destroyed the libs, uh, uh, or, you know, some, some aggressive ass adjective like that. I'm like, I know the people watching this couldn't even think that. I mean, they, they did it anyway, but they had to been like, okay, this man seems kind of desperate. And now you got all these desperate promises trying to get the black vote and everything like that, or not even the black vote, but just to, you know, destabilize the democratic base. Who knows? So, the desperation to me is what, because he doesn't do anything unless he has to. The desperation to me is what let me, led me to believe that he's feeling the pressure of not getting reelected. But I saw a story today that said Biden has a 10 point lead, which gave me pause because up until today, everybody you talk to, or at least the media, will say that he has, he was surging before the election, and then measurable show that Trump didn't get this huge boost. That historically uh, incumbent candidates get after their convention and it's actually fell flat and Biden is still opening up more more ground in battleground states but now you're telling me that's a 10 point lead 10 points doesn't make me feel good about anything because at the same juncture back in 2016 Hillary had more than 10 points on a, of a lead on Trump so I'm going to assume maybe they were saying 10 point leads in battleground states but even then that's still not that that's still not reassuring to me. So yeah. I don't know if the if this is a spin campaign or I don't know if just people don't realize that the polls only go just like voting only counts if you go to to the vote. There are people who don't participate in polls and then go vote. That's why they call themselves the silent majority, even though they lost the majority vote. It's a stupid nickname, but that's why. Oh, we're not gonna play these polls. We know who we're gonna go vote for and we're gonna get it done. So I don't know. I thought Trump was trending down, but if that 10 points is accurate, in my opinion, Biden's trending down too because he, hear everybody else tell it, he had a, a huge lead prior to that. Um, and more haha news though, the one time I will back to blue, um, hopefully all of you have seen this video, I think it was in Illinois, I want to say, where this uh, black resource officer, so he is a police officer, he was signed to a school, was at a football game. No, it's Indiana. Yeah, it was Illinois. It was Indiana. So there was a Karen there who was watching the football game, and she had been told that she could not be in the stands without a mask. And of course, she refused to wear it. And prior to the video, she had been told several times that if she doesn't put a mask on, she's going to have to leave. And she wouldn't leave. So they called the resource officer. And the resource officer came and asked her to leave. She refused. So he attempted to place her under arrest. She resisted, um, you know, yanking her arms away. You're not going to arrest me for not wearing a mask, this, that, and the third. Her relative or whoever was with her was interfering with the officer. And this officer was an older, well, at least appeared to be older and larger black gentleman. Uh, I don't mean this to be pejorative or anything, but when I saw a still of him, he I feel like he's got some health problems. He's got all these little bumps all over him, 
like kind of like I don't say boils, but I just wouldn't think he's in the best health. Um, body composition wise, he's not in shape. He's just an older guy who's there, you know, at the school. But um, so the, she just kept trying to wrestle away from him, and then he got fed up, and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna zap you if you don't do it." And he's after, but he showed restraint. He didn't like, you know, do the have her flopping like a fish. As soon as she got some compliance, he walked her out. But of course, the the narrative spent, oh, woman tased brutality for not wearing a mask. No, bitch, you trespassed because that's public property that has a policy. And once you violate the policy, they have the right to make you leave. And you didn't. That's trespassing. Notice how she got charged with trespassing and resisting arrest, whereas so many of us get charged with merely resisting arrest. No other charge. And the fact is, she has no permanent damage. Um, she was able to walk away on her own power, still talking shit. No injuries. That officer did a bang-up job, so salute that man. Just that simple. Salute that man. Um, but yeah, the best part about all this, other than the fact I'm watching this, this Karen Gattaze, was trolling the outraged white people on Facebook uh, using their hashtags, back to blue, thin blue line. We support cops and all this other shit, you know, just, and then, and then, you know, they're in the comments arguing with us about, well, oh, this is brutality. And you're just using those canned results about how she should, uh, responses of she should have complied. And I even just started making shit up. I'm like, she stole Girl Scout cookies 10 years ago. She's lucky. That's all she got. And there's all this other stuff. Um, there was some goofy, I forgot this spammer's name. I don't, I can't even find anymore. He's one of those, he's black and he's one of those motivational type emotional speakers who has historically talked about police brutality and other social issues about how at the end of the day our humanity our shared humanity is going to save us we need to come together which is all cool it's kumbaya shit but it's all cool but he kind of stayed out of the whole uh even when he talks about racism he won't just call he i'm not gonna say he finds an alibi for it but he he rationalizes it as a human condition of illness versus the fact that matters that white supremacy is a thing there's no black supremacy. There's no Asian supremacy. It's white supremacy. So he lets them off the hook and saying that any human can do it. And I guess, yes, theoretically, if black people suddenly took over, we could. And there are a bunch of people who don't want equality. They want to be the oppressor. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. But throughout history, people forget that white people are a global minority. If black supremacy was a thing, there would be no white people. If we were half as violent as they said we were, there would be no white people. So it's not a thing. But he goes down these little emo routes to explain why the world is all fucked up so of course he's coming out oh i better not see any black people applauding this and he pissed me off because one black people are not applauding police brutality we're applauding the rabbit having the gun and how now they have to eat have the ideas face because their arguments are being thrown in the face that's what black people are supporting we wouldn't support if that black cop beat the shit out of that white woman i mean some people might but at large we wouldn't and also it wasn't brutality yes he tased her because he had to tase her and he stopped she walked out that's not brutality she played a stupid game she got a a proportionate stupid prize but because you want to appeal to everybody's common humanity i.e. not make white people uncomfortable here you go wagging your fucking finger I forgot that Bama's name He's, he's a little milked uh, Mr. Potato Head looking dude with a little pencil mustache. Like I said, I mean, you can't trust these dudes with these hairlines and, and these questionable uh, facial hair. But whatever, man. To be fair, he plays both sides, but I don't trust a nigga who plays both sides. Me personally. Um, Moving on. So this one's going to be aimed towards the women. Well, not really. Let's talk about Beyonce because I, I, I want to end on the last note. With, with with that one hitting home so I said this four years ago I can't find it in my memories but there was a tweet that got shared by the shave room where some girl was like uh, don't shoot the messenger but Beyonce doesn't have a legendary song and and honestly I, I get the sentiment this is again I don't know the woman who tweeted this but if if I were to interpret the sentiment I said the same shit four or five years ago and the punk ass hive tried to come for me but you can't because I'm fucking me bitch like oops the, the hive tried to come for me because I said anything about Beyonce and the thing is I am a fan of Beyonce but being a fan does not mean you cannot critique or point out holes in what you perceive from the artist that you appreciate but the beehive is a mindless 
you know, drone space where anything that's not yes is disrespectful. Whatever. They tried it. And basically the crux of my argument four or five years ago was that Beyonce does not have a classic song that she's going to be immortalized for. And I understand how that sounds in its face. But what I'm talking about is I hold me personally as a fan of Beyonce. I hold her in the esteem of the great divas of, of, of music. Like the Celine Dion's, the the Whitney Houston's, the Patty Aretha and Gloria, and and she doesn't have necessarily a single a singular piece of work that puts her into that vocal range of her. But I feel like she's got power, crazy power in her vo- in her voice. Um, I think she stays in a comfortable range, and then too because she is also a pop star. Um, and the music landscape has changed where power ballads aren't a thing. She makes music that one is going to make her money and then two is going to expand her reach. I'm not knocking her on that. But my thing is, everybody kept trying to come... When, when Jennifer uh, Hudson became Jennifer Hudson, everybody kept saying, oh, she'll sing Beyonce under the table. Everybody always, You always see these stupid arguments on the internet about who's the best vocally. And then you got people who don't sing, who've never been in a choir or anything like that. Um, I mean, I think the default is Kiki Wyatt. And again, she deserves it. Kiki Wyatt has got a mind-blowing voice. But then you got all these other people. She can't sing. She can't sing. And you got people who are are coming out of their mouth with stupid statements like, Janet Jackson can't sing. And I'm like, first of all, bitch, that's one of Joe Jackson's kids. You shut your mouth. Second of all, bitch, she can absolutely sing. And she most likely sings better than you. Now, is she a titan of vocal talent? No. Janet Jackson made her chops by making great songs, dancing well, and carrying a tune. But to say that Janet Jackson can't sing, shut up. Like, like just, just shut the fuck up. Not everybody can be Kiki Wyatt, because if everybody was Kiki Wyatt, Kiki Wyatt wouldn't be fucking special. But that doesn't mean that other people can't sing. Janet Jackson has classic, legendary songs. Okay? But... Does that mean that she belongs in the same conversation as a Whitney Houston, as a Celine Dion, as a Patty Aretha? No. I am of the opinion that Beyonce's voice has that potential. We just have not seen her apply it in that manner for whatever reason. And I understood coming out of Destiny's Child and becoming her own brand and everything. That's not what's going to sell records. I get that. I get that. But what I don't want to happen is the musical version of this. Jordan, Kobe, LeBron clusterfuck where you motherfuckers just can't appreciate a god at work. And I'm not asking for a whole album of 50s, 60s doo-wop or, you know, anything where she's just belting out. But I feel like she should give us just one song that says, just because I don't do this don't mean I can't do this. And and follow the, the, the formula that works. Pin yourself to a instead of trying to act in these fucking movies because that is not your ministry, Beyonce. But pick a movie that is bound to do numbers. <laughs> Black Panther two, bound to do numbers, and make one song where it's just you. No, no features, no collabs, no crazy beat from whoever does beats for R and B niggas. You know what I mean? Like just, just like the Bodyguard, just like. Titanic, where you know in rap we wait for that beat beat to drop to, to turn up. Whereas in those songs, when the beat drops, it stops and then it's just her tearing it down, blowing our ears out of our heads. That's what I want from her. And then just walk away. You don't have to do a whole album that I understand that that's not really what's going on. But what that's going to do is put you in that conversation because unfortunately, even though you have iconic music that will live on, single ladies. Uh, my personal favorite song from Beyonce ever is Halo. Just because there's two reasons. I love the song itself. I first heard it recorded, but I heard there was a video of her doing it a cappella, which is people like, I don't know, doing her hair or something, like her hair and makeup. And she just belted that shit out so casually. And I was just like, yes. Yes, you can do this. Give us this song that will shut people the fuck up. Now, don't get me wrong. Somebody's always going to find a problem with Beyonce. Beyonce is, life is too short to spend hating Beyonce. Like, who, what the? what is wrong with you you know she can do no right she can do no wrong to a lot of people um but you know 
Skills is skills, facts is facts. You put this song down, there's no arguing with it. You make this song that people who don't even speak speak English sing in karaoke and try to win uh talent shows with, like My Heart Will Go On. You know, like like I will always love you. And even Adele, Adele does it and sells records. Now I think Adele's voice might be stronger than Beyonce's a tad. But I'm saying Beyonce has the pipes to put hey, don't play with me in my voice. Because simply saying that Destiny's Child wouldn't have been the same without me is not enough. You shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to point to a group to legitimize who you are as an individual. And besides, the girls in Destiny's Child can sing. Most of them all have successful solo careers. So while you might be the better of all of them, they can hold a candle to you. Get into that space where I know you can do it. Shut people the fuck up. So in that sense, I don't think she has that iconic song that is her song. Like Whitney Houston sang a cover to Dolly Parton song, but that's Whitney's fucking song right now. People don't try to remix My Heart Will Go On. There's songs that people just leave the fuck alone because the person who did it before them did that shit. Beyonce doesn't have a single song that somebody can't cover and sound good. Beyonce doesn't have a single song that, like, theoretically, you know, when the, when the next generation of music comes up, somebody remixes it, and now it's their song. I want that for her. I Because I know she can do it. And I feel like that's the last missing piece of her leg. She's done everything else there is to do as far as, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Benchmarks of an artist. She's fucking Beyonce. One song. And and this and this deads the argument, and that's rare that any in any space of competition that you can do one thing and just dead the argument because LeBron can win ten more rings, motherfuckers will still be arguing um, about about who's the goat. So whatever, I, I just I just want that for Beyonce. Um, people say she, she does have iconic music, but in that sense, so does Rihanna, so does Britney Spears. Hit me, baby, one more time. Are you gonna put her in the same breath as Whitney? And <laughs> no. But it's an iconic song. Yeah. So it's not Beyonce hate to say that she doesn't have it. It's in my, in my mind, it's Beyonce love because I, I want that for I don't want her to hang it up or, or, you know, even if she don't hang it up when she gets older, and her voice changes and she can't get up there um, the way she used to. She can't do it. I don't want that for her. Um, all right. Now I'm on the way. So Daystar, Tory Lane's in his typical trash way, baited you motherfuckers into listening to what I thought was a song. And I thought it was a song because I wasn't going to listen to shit anyway. Uh, no. First, he said he was going to make a statement. And then you should have known it was some bullshit because you had to get on a platform where you had to pay to hear it. And then it was a fucking album. He's using this instance as a fucking album rollout. And never mind the content in the track because, again, I didn't listen to shit and I can only go off of what was going on on my Facebook people say he said. But... Before we even get into the content of it, the fact that this man who is pending a charge right now, it's a weapons charge. That doesn't mean more charges can't get filed. He has been charged. He has to come back to court. It's just he hasn't been charged with shooting Megan specifically, but he has been charged with the weapon. There's nothing to go to your arraignment and meet new charges, right? Not, no, not your arraignment because he already had his arraignment. Pre-trial hearing, I think it is. Whatever this is, there's nothing to get more charges uh, attached onto it. But, you know, instead of making a statement, either at the, at the, and I understand not making a statement because maybe his lawyers are telling him anything can be said used against you. That's fine. But if that's what you're doing, shut the fuck up. Not only are you dropping and using this for album rollout, but you made a song addressing the situation. And then in the song, you deny any culpability. Never mind this alleged text message you sent apologizing for being too drunk and this, that, and the third. Bigging up Kylie, arguing that niggas think you 5'3". Fucking, these fucking short niggas. I'm not even just talking about short height. This nigga's short in the brain. Like, like, he knows he's a midget, and this is what he does to make himself feel bigger. Like, wave a gun around it and and have, at best case scenario, a negligent discharge that resulted in a ricochet in Megan's foot. And that's that's the best case scenario of what happened, that he didn't actually shoot at her on purpose. But, uh, yeah, man, he, he's just utterly trash, utterly fucking trash. And even if, even if you maintain the whole benefit of the doubt because we don't know what happened, uh, we weren't there, uh, how Megan healed because her foot, 
you know, the, the foot is not about bones and tendons. She got shot and didn't break nothing, didn't tear nothing. How she heals? Even if you do all that, innocent men don't move like this. This is a spin campaign. This is a smear campaign that started long before the album because he had his publicist and everything going on the blogs and the, and the shave room and all that, trying to make it seem like something else happened. And now he's doing, he's monetizing it. And you motherfuckers went and lined his pockets to listen to this shit. And, and, and you know, I expect it from the ashy niggas. I expect it from, you know, the so-called fans or the, or the niggas who just play devil's advocate just to be contrary or just don't want to see women make it for whatever reason. But what really disturbs me to my core are the women doing this shit. Because there's different classes of, of, of women doing this shit. You got maybe the women who themselves abuse and, and toxic behavior so normalized either from the relationships they averse, uh, observed growing up or their own interpersonal uh, romantic, romantic relationships that this is just normal to them and bitches be lying. We, we gotta wait to hear the facts, but I'm gonna listen to Tori. It goes. And then you got the bitches who are just trying to get chose. Pick me as bitches, you know, like so. Oh, if I hop on the way, they'll think I'm cool. You know what I mean? And then there's just stupid. They're just dumb. Just fucking dumb. Somebody asked me how, because there was a a post that got shared around that says, don't act like you want justice for Breonna Taylor and then be bigging up Tory Lanez's album. And they're asking me the question about how does that correlate? I'm like, it's really not that hard. You In one breath, you would have us believe you're seeking violence of justice against people who committed violence against black women. And then on the other hand, you're lining the pop the pockets and bigging up someone who committed violence against black women. It's it's like it's a straight line. Straight line. And even if it was a fucking accident, he's not coming out and owning that shit. What we know is Meg had an injury to her foot that was not glass. It very well could have been a ricochet and fragments from a bullet. Which still means you got shot, even though you didn't get shot directly. And the gun was in Tori's hand. It was his gun that he's not supposed to have. So even if it was an accident, you still need to take responsibility. But now he's claiming he's being framed. Now Y'all niggas disgust me. <laughs> like, honestly and truly. And I hope they disgust the rest of you. These people need to be told about themselves at every turn. Every turn. It's just, it's just so, so disheartening. Like, how did we get here? Like, what? And the, and the, it's disturbing to me about the profitability of harming black women. About, about what, how you can flip this into a fucking album rollout. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I like Tory's music. I like his collabs. He's a surprise. He's kind of like Chris Brown, where he's a surprisingly good rapper. He meshes well with everybody. He was Mr. Feature. But I wasn't no like stand for him. I ain't never seen so many so-called Tory Lanez fans who stayed up in the middle of the night to pay, give this man money to listen to this bullshit ever. And why? After he he brought harm to somebody who y'all claim to love too. Y'all doing this to Megan. It was just Hot Girl Summer. Was that this summer or last summer? Whatever. It was, it was last summer. But still. Megan has... You know, been the top bitch in rap for a little bit now, and she she ain't going nowhere. Y'all claim y'all love her, and this is how y'all act. Like even if you don't want to throw Tory under the bus that he was driving himself, it costs nothing to shut the fuck up. But because you want to listen to some music that you can't even be outside for anyway, because Tory makes club music. Y'all y'all are fucking disgusting. Um. Yeah, I was gonna make a video, like an independent video about this, um, but I guess I'll, I'll touch on it now. And this goes to like the the overarching theme is single issue voters, but specifically the stranglehold. We all talk about the stranglehold that the Democratic Party has over the Black vote, and how the Republicans are trying to shake that. But at the same time, they just want us to come to them by default when they themselves are just as if not worse and there's always the question of how can you vote for Trump people who are voting for Trump a lot of them are single issue voters okay and that main issue right now is guns 
Okay, and black people again, you've been buying guns in record numbers, so you understand that black people should be armed. But whenever Democrats go against their anti-gun uh, rhetoric, now they have the school shooting kids and everything. But historically, it's always been a black mother who's lost her child to gun violence, advocating for black or advocating for gun uh, control and eventual gun bans. They don't think it's eventual gun bans, but that's exactly what it is. The Trump tards are not crazy in that regard. It is a very there is a very straight line about the legislation that gets passed for something ooh, scary like an AR-15 when a Glock pistol works the exact way, same way as an AR-15. So if they can ban mechanical features on that, then the law can get applied to a pistol. And that's not a theory. That's what has literally happened everywhere. Nazi Germany, Soviet Russia, um, New Zealand, all, all those other places, and even London, England, where they can't even hunt anymore. They can't even use the shotguns that Joe Biden says everybody should have in their house. All right. So that's why people... Because there is there there is truth to that. It's not just rednecks and conspiracy theories. Oh, they're trying to take our guns. No, that is the end goal. Okay, that is why they will vote on their Second Amendment, regardless of who's pumping it. If the Democrats took that away from them, maybe they could stop scapegoating black people for throwing their election away, and then siphon votes from the Republican base. But they won't do it. They won't. And that's why I say we need to use our, our vote like a weapon that it's meant to be. All right. A lot of you buy into this rhetoric where if you don't vote for Biden, you automatically voted for Trump. That is that's not the case. OK. The people who voted third party was it was like some it was less than 12 percent of the swing vote, less than of the swing vote, not of the total vote, of the swing vote. It was less than 12 percent, which means that the, the votes that were out there were still where the white women who lied to you about voting for pro-women's, but then they voted for the Republicans, and then people who just were ineligible to vote either from age or being felons, and people who just didn't vote. And again, black people were only 13% of this country, but that, was, that represented a third of the untapped vote that could have went against Trump. But they love to hang it on us. They love to make it seem like it's a burden, specifically for black women to save us. When black people show up for Democrats and get shit for it, but they want to blame the loss on black people. So if you take that vote away, that's just simple, simple chess right there. That's a major part of the Republican base. They will vote for whoever will protect their guns. But because every major Democratic candidate has their their brand is making a hard stance against guns. You're literally putting pushing voters into them just off of one issue. One issue. All to make, and even if you're winning, you're successful to make a law that's not going to do jack shit. Because California has the most restrictive gun laws in this country, so and New York, and plenty of people get shot in LA. Plenty of people get shot in NYC. They always want to bring up Illinois. Illinois got plenty, Chicago has plenty strong gun laws. So, just keep that in mind. Um, we as black people need... I keep asking y'all to, to consider voting elsewhere, but if that's off the table, and I'm gonna ask, I think I asked this on the first part, what are you going to do once you get these politicians to hold them accountable? If, if withholding your vote is... Because that's typically how you hold a politician accountable, you vote them out. But if you're not going to do that, how are you going to do it? How are you going to hold them accountable? And part of that needs to be protecting your gun rights because if you didn't think you need them black people wouldn't represent the single largest demographic of new gun owners this year so obviously you know you need them and it's got nothing to do with being able to shoot a deer and everything to do with your ability to defend yourself from an, a robber from a mob and yes from the government if need be so how are you going to hold these people who ran on this platform and brought out all the mothers of the, of of the dead kids who were who were killed and you know got straight bullets, gang violence, school shooting, whatever it may be. How are you going to hold them accountable when you've just proven that you're going to vote for them regardless? I don't know. Something to think about. Um, yeah, 
This one's pretty short. I try I try not to fatigue you guys just on me whenever they're but I do like to take advantage of my guests, whether they're call-ins or if um somebody's in the house. If you are in the DMV and you can prove to me that you don't have the Rona and you would like to guest star or even talk about becoming a regular host, again, hit me up. Uh, my email is askaps at gmail.com for anything pod related that you want me to discuss or tell me how good I'm doing, tell me how much I suck, whatever it may be. Um, oh, I'm currently in Twitter jail <laughs> right now because I called Candace Owens a dry-headed wench. I didn't even fucking know Twitter had... Well, I mean, I did because I got suspended, but I thought it was like specifically hate speech. I didn't know Twitter just had a jail like this, okay? Like, I didn't... And I read their little policy about what my comment violated. It didn't. Somebody explained to me that because if a white person called a black person a dry uh, a wench, then that has slavery implications, possibly. Okay, fine, fine, whatever. But the fact of the matter is... That bitch, on the comment that I, I responded to her, because she was basically saying, you know, celebrating that the char- the cops didn't get charged and then how anybody anybody black this year who was a victim of police brutality and died at some point was involved in criminality. And then she was like, but Philando was a real uh, loss. But you forget, Philando also was killed. And oh, by the way, Philando's family didn't get anywhere near the settlement or the justice that Justine DeMond's family got who was killed by the twin police department. It's not the same one because Minneapolis, St. Paul's are technically two different cities, but it's in the same exact area. But officer Noor, a black Somali Muslim cop who killed Justine DeMond is in jail. Her family got $20 million. Philando's family didn't see none of that. And his killer is still a cop, I think. And she's talking about how far we've come. Shut the fuck up. You dry headed wench. Like if if I could get like that Ben Ten uh, joint where you could, it'd almost be worth it to turn into a dame and just go find her because I know she lives in DC. It'd be it'd almost be worth the fucking jail time to just run the fucking fade. Oh, but she's pregnant, so can't do that. About to hatch another coon. But yeah, so that got me in Twitter jail for calling her a dry-headed wench. So I think I got like four or five more days. So yeah. But my Twitter is at DependenceMightier or DependenceMightier, however you feel like saying it. Uh, yeah, and of course my Facebook, if, if you know, it's my first name, my last name on there, if you feel like following me. That's pretty much all I got for this week. I hope that this new week's fresh fuckery, because we already know how what kind of bullshit uh, 2020 is on right now. But I hope it's nothing that we can't deal with. I, I invite all of you to continue controlling your experience in life as you do on this here podcast protect your peace okay um don't argue with these white people if you're invested in it like troll them put them on notice but don't don't give them access to your frustration to your blood pressure we already got enough out here killing us we don't need the stress of it all um and just try your best to stay safe and i'll see you guys next week